Today is Tuesday, August 3rd, and uh, I'm coming to you uh, with three Zoom with Zarnies uh, this week. I've uh, been very busy uh, this last week getting some stuff ready for the budget uh, for Onondaga County, as well as uh, prepping some other projects that I've had in place. So I was uh, unfortunately unable to post this one video that I have today. So this is a special uh, Zoom with Zarni coming in. Uh, with the Commissioner of Education, the candidates for the Democrat, uh, Sai Miyatwood Bullock, Priggy Blue, and uh, Karen Cardano. We have a great conversation about uh, access and uh, equality in education and uh, what they hope to do now that they are uh, running for the general election uh, in the city of Syracuse. Um, as I said uh, this week, I'll be having three Zoom with Zarni, so no Commissioner in the car on Tuesday. I'll be resuming that next week uh i hope that um that uh i'll be starting a very busy schedule going all the way through the end of uh the november elections uh this week and next week with two zoom with zarnies and a commissioner in car and a wonky wednesday every week uh so i'm hoping to uh get that worked on this week catch up on some stuff and get and, and get some of that content out to you because we have a lot of candidates for you to see and I hope uh, you'll enjoy these interviews. Uh, later this week, I'll have Rashida Caldwell on, who is uh, a candidate for Common Council at large on Thursday. And then on Sunday, I will have Jen Schultz, First District Council uh, this week. So I hope you enjoy all of these podcasts coming this week. And, uh, and then uh, I also hope to have two Wonky Wednesday articles, one for OCL4 and one for OCL5. Uh, because again, got behind on that too. I'm going to try to catch up this week. That way we can uh, get into the, the groove of the general election because it starts now. Uh, by the way, if you're looking to be an election inspector in this fall, we have uh, classes going on right now at the Board of Elections. Uh, so give us a call at 315-435-VOTE or go to our website on vote.net to learn how you can sign up for election inspector classes. So I hope you enjoyed this interview I have with my friends. Uh, the Democratic uh, candidates for uh, Commissioner of Ed Education in the city of Syracuse, Twiggy Blue, Karen Cordano, and Nyatwood Bullock. Thank you. Bye-bye. I'm very happy to have my good friends, Twiggy Blue, Nyatwood Bullock, and uh, Karen Cordano, who are Democratic candidates for Commissioner of Education for the city of Syracuse. Thank you so much for joining me on Zoom with Zarni. So uh, I, I, this is kind of our, uh, our introduction here. Uh, you, you just won your primary and now you are uh, moving on to the general election, but I think you're now introducing yourself you're, you know, to a wider range of uh, citizens. So Twiggy, why don't you start off? Tell us a little bit about yourself and your background. Thank you so much. And um, I first want to start by um, saying thank you for having us on your um, Zoom. I want to thank um, the other two candidates for running such good campaigns and um, uh, doing a successful um, win. And I want to also thank those that um, signed my petitions and also went out to 
cast a vote for me because it truly couldn't have been done without the Democrats in the city of Syracuse. So my name is Twiggy Bilyeu. I work for Jubilee Homes of Syracuse as the workforce development coordinator. I get people jobs. And um, I'm also the president of the Syracuse chapter of the National Action Network, where we are one of the um, oldest civil rights organizations throughout the country. Um, I have um, been working with the schools since my children were in school and will continue to do that on the board as well as um, in any way that I can to make the the district um, a better place to be. Um, I also come from a background of community organizing, um, which means getting to know the issue, um, finding out um, how we can resolve the issue and then coming to a win-win for all sides. So that's what I bring to the table along with my um, ability to research. Um, and I also have um, written a book called Suspended for Life. And um, we can definitely say that um, we, um, Team Bill U has put forth effort um, in the community, um, in the streets to just um, awaken people to the importance of voting, but not only that, the importance of local elections and the importance that our voice has in those. Um, it was self-serving because I am in a local election, but um, we have to figure out ways to get people to the polls and um, I think the only way we can do that is to unify. So that's a little bit about me. Um, thank you. Great. Uh, and Nayawa, uh, you're one of the youngest candidates on the ballot this year, uh, definitely in the city of Syracuse, but uh, even I think throughout Onondaga County. So why don't you tell uh, our, our listeners uh, a little bit about yourself and, uh, and, and what brought you to this point? I've always been told age is nothing but a number. Um, so I never let that bother me. Um, thanks for having me, everyone. I'm Niatwa Balak. Um, I'm currently a statewide organizer, so I fight mass incarceration, um, which helped with my campaign because I'm campaigning for two bills, three bills right now. Um, so as I was going around doing my actual job, I was also, you know, talking about my campaign that I run. Um, so every day, you know, um, grassroots, I'm on the ground looking for people and um, families and organizations um, of people who've been affected by mass incarceration, people who have a felony or a misdemeanor to get their felonies cleared um, so that they can move on, um, so that they can have the stable housing that they need, so that they can have better jobs um, and provide for their families. Um, a lot of our kids in the district right now, you know, they're hindered because of a mistake that their parent made years ago. Um, I also work for Syracuse Peacemaking, where I go inside people's homes who aren't living in the greatest health conditions, and I work with code enforcement um, to fix these code, in, um, code violations that they have. I also work with the landlords. Um, this also opened me up and wanted me to run even more and even harder because I see the homes that our kids were living in and the conditions that they're living in, and we wonder why, you know, sometimes they can, you know, come to school not in a good state of mind. Um, I spent a few years working under Judge Bogan in our adolescent diversion program, where I help kids either get a job or get back in, on track in school. Um, my first, me personally, my first thing was always to get the kid back into school um, so that I know they'll at least, you know, have the uh, 
high school education that they needed. And then we, I figured, helped them out with the jobs later on. Um, but again, it was up to the kid and whatever they needed to do or wanted to do, I was just, you know, pushing on the actual education aspect because I know later on they will need it. Um, so I've been working with kids forever. I'm also a high school cheerleading coach at Nottingham. I coach JV um, and I love the kids and I love my community. And I am hoping, you know, to get our community back together, loving each other and just progressing. So that's my plans. Thank you. And uh, I'm uh... I almost went to Nottingham. I was uh, I was in Levy until my parents divorced. And then I went all over. Uh, I went to Florida for a year. I went to uh, um, I went to uh, uh, Cato, New York, for a year, and then Skinny Atlas for two years. So I went all over, and that's why I'm a Democrat <laughs> because I got a great, <laughs> great background. But my son is going to be a bulldog. We're in that district, so we're looking. At but once a bulldog, always a bulldog. That's right. so you still got the bulldog in you. <laughs> I, was, I was almost a bulldog, but we'll be a bulldog. Uh, Karen, um, uh, thanks for coming on. Why don't you tell uh, people a little bit about your background? Well, first of all, um, I, my two sons are also going to be bulldogs. Bulldog. And um, yeah, a funny story is um, my husband and I, got uh, we met and got married in New York City a million years ago. And um, one of the men that stood up for me at our wedding happened, I went to college with him and he was a Nottingham graduate. And I had never been to Syracuse until my husband got a job at SU 12 years ago, but um, have this odd connection to Nottingham um, from almost 21 years ago. Well, more than that, when he and I lived together when we were in school. So. Um, my family moved here 12 years ago, which I know uh, to the majority of Syracusans makes me brand new, but um, this is by far the longest I've lived anywhere in my life. I spent, uh, I went to nine schools before I graduated high school and um, overseas and uh, in different places in America. And mostly in America, it was all in uh, public education and um, middle, upper, upper, upper middle class, uh, districts in different parts of the uh, country. And the education that I got for the most part was terrific. Uh, when we moved to Syracuse, my husband took a job at SU. He was immediately told that we couldn't live in the city. I was nine months pregnant with my eldest. And um, I said that living in the city is non-negotiable. Um, we're we're going to live here and we're going to send our kids to the schools here because we have the resources to make sure that they're gonna get whatever they need. And um, when my son started kindergarten, I realized that it was like there were two classrooms within the one classroom um, that he was in and um, the one where he was on track academically and the one where the kids were, were falling behind. And I think that the reason for that is complicated and, um, not one person's fault, but it lit a fire under me to get involved. Um, I uh, have been on the superintendent's parent council for four years. Um, I was on the transition team for education for the uh, last mayoral transition. Um, I was on the PTO board at my boys' school for uh, six years. And um, in any meeting that I can attend, I attend almost every single board of education meeting. I've educated myself to 
learn about our district because what is going on, what I've come to believe after having children in the district for seven years is that public education doesn't exist in America and that it's not gonna exist in America until um, education is not funded by property taxes. Until you can't pay, um, I could, my husband and I could sell our house tomorrow and pay for a better, a, a better school for our children. And um, that's completely unacceptable. And it devalues so many children that are worth so much in the entire country and specifically in CAC. Thank you, Karen. Uh, so the three of you, uh, well, I think Karen and Niyatwa, you are first time candidates and Twiggy, you have run before, but you just got done with a primary. Uh, you know, and it, obviously, you know, campaigning is still a little different uh, with, uh, with COVID out there. Um, can you tell us a little bit about what it was like uh, to campaign uh, during the primary and what, what were voters telling you? We'll start with you, Niyatwa, and uh, we'll, then we'll cycle through. Um, I spoke on it a little before when I just did my intro. So um, initially when I put in that I wanted to run for school board, um, you know, I was a little nervous, but I got a new job at the same time. So again, I had to campaign for three of the bills. So it made it so much easier because that's my daily job that I was already doing. I just had to throw myself in there after the fact. So it literally worked. And then, you know, Democratic Party helped me a lot. They, you know, showed me the ropes. They helped me out. Um, I had, you know, my family stepped in, helped out. Twiggy came through. She um, helped me with the signs and um, gave me the information that I needed. So it was fun, actually. I got to meet a lot of people. Um, and I'm ready for, you know, our next run right now. But it was great. Great. Uh, and uh, uh, Karen, uh, this is your first time running for office as well. Uh, so what was it like to campaign in the primary? What were voters telling you? Um, I, well, voters are really concerned about what's going to happen with the money that's coming into the district and, and what's going to happen um, after this I, I think the word unprecedented is you overused, but seriously, not having kids in school for a year is unprecedented. Um, so I feel like the biggest conversations were about what what happens next. This is, to me, it feels like it's a really, this is a time for a restart. We don't want to go back to where we were. We, we need to go to a new place. Uh, the campaigning itself, I have to say, I am an introvert and um, would rather do the work of being on the board than um, uh, try to sell myself to people. But um, I, uh, you know, started approaching people. I want to be getting into the community more you know, thankfully, over the years I've been here, I've been involved in a lot of um, community organizations and had people that I could go to to help me out. Um, and uh, it was just trying to pass out my uh, palm cards and get lawn signs and, and lawns and let people know what I'm about and that I'm that this is um, you know, I grew up moving around all the time. I 
always desperately envied people who grew up some in one place and had a home. And this is what we've provided for my kids. And this is the longest I've lived anywhere in my life. And I love it here. And and uh, wanted to just let people know that um, like, this is my home and I am here for to to help Syracuse in any way that I can. Great. Uh, and Twiggy, uh, you ran last year, uh, you uh, or two years ago, the last cycle anyways, and uh, ran for a primary, lost a close primary, and then were uh, victorious um, this year. Uh, did, did your run last uh, two years ago help you? Uh, what was different about this cycle as opposed to two years ago? I, I know you've been a long time activist, but really as a candidate, you're just kind of recently in the, in, in the game. So well, what did you learn from your, uh, you know, from uh, two years ago and how did you apply to the primary this year? Um, two years ago, um, um, I was about 34 vo votes short. Um, and um, I really um, did not understand the importance of absentee ballots and the process after which I was able to have a different absentee ballot game this time um, and a whole team around it. But also um, this time I had to be as creative as possible while knocking on doors. Um, so I had to develop a team that was a little bit different from the team um, prior to COVID because at COVID, um, we could just take the sheets, the walk sheets, go into the neighborhoods, knock on doors, people would open, um, sign or not sign, and you would keep moving. But during COVID, you can, couldn't get the door open sometimes. So, um, but you still had to have what I considered the good signature. So what last time taught me was the difference between having good signatures and keeping good signatures. Um, and using the walk sheets that we got from the Board of Election, not signing up folks outside of those sheets, um, really kept me to the pace and to the humble, but I had a great team. My family surrounded me. My son did excellent work. Um, I had Syracuse DSA, um, as well as the Working Families Party that really poured a lot of time and energy into helping me get out what the information, the um, door knockers. Um, we hit the ground running um, whenever it was time to get signatures. And I think we walked every single day. Um, so that was the difference, knowing that you could walk every single day, um, uh, make appointment with folks, um, go and get that signature because it was a little difficult in COVID, right? So you had to use that, couldn't just use the address anymore. You had to pick up the phone, arrange some things. Um, and I'm sure um, Niatwa and Kieran had to do some of the same and similar. Um, but I knew that I had to keep up um, with the ground team that was running in the Democratic Party and um, just developing a team that wasn't afraid to go out, knock on doors, get good signatures and come back was just really, really important. The thing that I heard most from people when I was knocking on their doors was technology. Technology for folks that had families that they were sometimes coming to that door in the middle of class. I didn't know it was class. I'm knocking on the door for a, sig uh, a signature. And um, the, the parent is having to leave their children that's on the online studying or trying to get online or um, a failure at the, com the computer level and having the community organizations that I did behind me, being able to get devices in folks' hands 
and then just seeing um, the, the difference in the technology divide that was in our community versus other communities and even across some of the schools in the district. So it was very eye-opening listening to folks actually talk about COVID, being at home with their children, having technology issues, getting over them, but um, just being thankful that they were willing to make the appointment and open the door. Right. Yeah, it's been a challenging couple of years uh, campaigning, but it's not over. Uh, you've won the primary and now it's on to the general election. What are the, um, the themes and the, the, uh, you know, the points that you're hoping to hit as you're going door to door into the general election and, and, and what are you uh, hoping to uh, impart the voters uh, as you start this next phase and final phase of uh, this campaign? We'll start with you, Karen. So uh, equity is, I would say, the number one issue um, that uh, is important, uh, that I feel like is important for the district. Also representation, I know that that's a strange thing coming from the mouth of a, a white woman, but I do think that there needs, I know the effort is already being made in the school, in the district to hire uh, more teachers of color that needs to continue. Um, I would really like to see the development of the program um, that uh, already exists at Corcoran that is training, um, that is having high schoolers on the path to be teachers because having, uh, kids from the SESD come back and teach here, I think is vital. Uh, it's also vital to, you know, the renewal of our city is keeping the young people uh, with so much potential in our city. Um, I think that the reality is that the majority of the, um, the teachers at, uh, in the SESD currently are uh, middle-aged white ladies. And um, so cultural competency is a huge priority. There needs to be annual ongoing training on how to reach the children and understand the children um, and value the children. I think that having kids ready to learn, um, which, is a larger issue than just the school district. This is the city, this is the state, this is the county that needing to come together to help make sure that the kids are safe at home, that they are, uh, so many kids are experiencing trauma. Uh, being ready to learn is incredibly valuable. Um, after the pandemic, I really don't want us to go back to where we were. I want us to move forward and um, really, I want everyone to see the value in the children, it, how much the children in this district have to offer the system, to offer America. Um, and they, instead of just being left behind, when um, I sought the de Democratic designation two years ago and, and did not receive it, but did in primary. And when I was doing that on a Facebook, uh, East, the East Side Moms group, someone who was moving to the area to work at SU um, commented, uh, left a message saying, we're moving here and we want to know what the closest school district is to, Syr to Syracuse University. And the first response was James Feldwitt. Like Syracuse, the city, didn't even exist. And that, that is the problem. This, we exist, our, our children are 
every bit as valuable as every other child in this county. And uh, that is a huge priority. Great. And Niyatwa, uh, uh, the same, uh, uh, same question to you. How, what are the themes that you're going to take into the general election? And how are you uh, hoping that you can uh, yeah, I definitely um, agree with Karen um, with representation and specifically for African-American males, um, especially in our middle schools. And one of the things is when I started in a district, I worked in a district for about five years. Um, and when people saw me, people were writing me on Facebook like, how did you get that good job? They don't even, they think the goal is so far-fetched that they wouldn't even apply. Um, so since I've been in the district, I got so many people to apply and they got hired. Um, and I wanna continue that, but I wanna specifically target our African-American men because our kids really need them. Our African-American males need them um, inside of these classrooms. Um, a lot of people don't even know about the programs the district have um, with college tuition. Um, they don't know about those programs. So we have to you know, open that up and let people know, especially our kids that's in 12th grade going to college, you know, the ones that's going to Oswego and SU, you're right there. You know, you can even sub, be a sub TA, you know, let them know about that to get them ready to be teachers. Um, and you can start on that in 11th grade and, you know, give them, like when you, when I went to the SCSD um, at Nottingham, I don't ever remember uh, like a counselor or anyone, you know, coming to me about, you know, different jobs that I may get or different colleges I should go to even for certain career paths. I think we have to put that more into play at a young age. So when you're in 11th or 12th grade, it's not like, I don't know what I'm going to do or because I think that's a problem right there, the weight. Like, are we going to um, figure out some trade um, a trade school that you can go to, or are we going to figure out a college that you can go to? But I think that should even start like in middle school, um, trying to get our kids to know what they like. And um, like right now we have, uh, I own a duplex on Fitch Street, two family home. Um, I had a player roll past one of my uncle's properties. And he just remembered my uncle from years ago when he was a Pop Warner coach. And he said, hey, do you have some work for me? And my uncle was like, well, what you know how to do? He was like, I'll do anything. And he's 14, 15 years old. He actually played for Nottingham JV football team. And um, from there, my uncle had him come to my house. I had just brought it. He cleaned out the house and he started off just, you know, cleaning out houses when we brought them. Now he's laying floors down. Now he's painting houses, you know, just from being next to other licensed electricians and other demolition workers learning that stuff. Um, I feel like we need to bring programs like that just so, you know, now he's okay. He has a little money, he's getting his stuff together. So now when he's old enough, he can go to both seasons. You already basically have these skills. Um, I would like to get these, get our parents more engaged. Um, and the question is, people always say like, you know, parents aren't engaged. It's like, well, what do the parents need to be engaged? Um, at our basketball and football games, there's not many parents, but are they at work? Do they need a ride? I think that's the question. Sometimes we have to take our hats off and ask, what's the problem? What do you need just as a person? Like, and even for the kids, like, what's the issues? What's going on with the grades? I'm on, I'm a cheerleading coach. Sometimes I come to the games and I, I only have two cheerleaders that can cheer. Um, 
And it's because like one of the issues is I don't have access to their school tools. I had access to my students at Lincoln School Tools, so not them. So the cheerleaders were able to, you know, go and make a fake progress report and just write anything. And I wouldn't know because they have good handwriting. So you won't know until the actual grades come out that that was all false. But it's like my cheerleaders know the cheer. We, we can sit down and do homework. So it's like something easy as me hasn't having access to that to help them like we don't have to actually practice right now or we can spend 30 minutes and the rest we're doing homework um we have to uh, you know talk about our teachers more if a kid is failing you know for a long time that's a problem we shouldn't just let them continue failing saying well that's on them they're not old enough to make that decision that they're going down the wrong path it's something that we need to do to help them because you have teachers like that. But I know when I transferred from um, the school district and I went to Bishop Ludden, you be, have a 65 on a quiz, you're staying after that whole weekend going to Saturday school. So you understand what's going on in that lesson. They were serious about that stuff. And I think that we have to bring that to the Syracuse City School District also. Sometimes we have athletes, you know, that's, you know, wonderful athletes, ninth through 12th grade, and then they wind up not graduating. How not? You know, that's a problem. We have to fix that. So um, we can't just hold these kids up accountable. They're not old enough. They don't understand the directions that they're going in. Um, so I definitely just want to talk to the kids. I want to talk to these families and see what it is that they need to make them be successful. Um, I had people that, you know, came to me when I wasn't going in the right path. That was like, what is it? What do you need? So you always need that person and I'm going to be that person and I hope that our whole board reflects that so that we can figure out the greater cause for our kids so that they can be productive members in our community because they're all people say they look at our um, graduation graduation rate and I think right now and I saw newspaper was like 70% but it's like do we really measure on the grades that they show or do we measure on five years from now where are these kids who are they. Where, where are they working? What schools are they in? That's what we need to measure on because that reflects uh, what goes on in our community. So that's where I'm at now. And yeah, we're going to figure it out. That's all great. No. And uh, <laughs> Twiggy, uh, you're, uh, you're headed into the general election for the first time as a candidate. What are the themes that you're going to uh, uh, talk about at the doors and how, and how are you going to uh, change your campaign going into the fall election? Um, moving into the general election, um, we're going to have to focus on the immediate in the city of Syracuse and how we position our children for the future that they will become. Um, and one of the things that we have is the biggest project coming in the history of the New York State DOT, um, which is I-81. So making sure and ensuring that we have CTE programs that allow our kids to do um, heavy equipment operation um, as well as um, obtain their CDL so that by the time they graduate 2022, um, they will secure a job on that large highway project, but not only on that highway project, but making sure that they can get those skilled trades that um, Niaqua was talking about um, from the sources right here. Um, we should be able to bring BOCES into the city to be able to provide some of the things that our, our students need. Um, for um, upcoming projects. And since we can forecast, um, for instance, I-81 deconstruction might be happening 2022. We know that there'll be work 2023, 2024, 2025. And we have to position our children that may want a vocational education or a skilled trade to be ready to have those jobs. We also wanna look at school performance. We've come out of 
COVID um, with a higher graduation rate than when we went in, but we still wanna make sure that our schools that weren't performing um, continue to thrive and perform, especially those that will be in the footprint of I-81 like Dr. King's school. We have to make sure and ensure that the students have uninterrupted school time um, and that the highway project um, has some remediation that gives them the allowance to um, you know, um, not be too disturbed um, by machinery and other things while they're doing their schoolwork. We also wanna make sure that we have some parent and community engagement. So one thing that I pledged the last time, I'll pledge again, is that we need to reinstitute um, NAPIT Day, which is National African-American Parent Involvement Day, but expand that to All Parent Involvement Day, where we give parents a chance to come into the schools and work with their children, meet the teachers, and we also set up some things outside of school where the teachers come in the community and can network with families, and that way we can start building that community of school, that culture of school and community. We want to look at um, school safety, but reimagining school safety, right? Um, looking at some of the things that we can do to better protect our children and our teachers and the community. We also want to build equity, um, as Karen said, but we want to build equity across schools and across the district because um, the funding has never been fair for the, the, the central New York um, um, region. So we're going to have to make sure that as we go through the to the general election that we're awakening some eyes around the funding formula, what our students really need on top of the money that they just got, um, how we are spending that money, how contracts are being delivered, and are we doing the best that we can with the contracts. So those are some of the things that I'll be taking into the general election, but also um, the need for technology um, is great. Was in a conversation a few days ago where we were discussing um, just about three years ago, we were talking about the limits on technology for our students, right? That people shouldn't, kids shouldn't be on devices for more than two to three hours, and it's not good for you. And then we had COVID, right? And it pushed us into eight hours sometimes worth of being on devices. And we really seen how other cities, counties did better with technology because they had pre-introduced it. And we've seen really how behind that we were. So in everything that we do, we'll try to make sure that our district um, has technology for every student as we move forward. Um, we'll have four years to do this, but we'll take into the general election that it's more immediate. If this variant is anything like they said, we need to make sure that we're prepared this time and not reactive. We have to be proactive. So those are some of the things that I'll be taking into the general election. Um, and hopefully, um, as you all, as you heard, each of us have touched on something that each other supports. And um, I believe that as long as we continue that unified approach, that we'll do very fine in the general election. Yeah, uh, that's that's great. I mean, wow. I you know I I've, I've been a, a great advocate for a very long time. Been involved with the eighty one project when I was with DPW and. You forget that how expansive that project is going to be, and it's going to, of course, uh, affect education as well. You know, tr transportation, people that are being moved out of uh, you know housing developments while uh, while the construction is going on, and some of the most at-risk youth are going to be uh, affected by that. That's uh, uh, yeah, that's an insight I've heard, I I didn't really quite put together. <laughs> so you know, as a as a parent uh, of a, a city school student. That's going to be a tremendous challenge for the community 
uh, to no matter what option is chosen, even if it is the option we all want, it's it's still going to be uh, a tremendous disruptive dis disruption for years after a tremendous disruption that we just had with COVID for the last few years. Well, we're um, getting close to the end of where I'd like to end these podcasts at. Uh, and, but uh, I always like to end with the question, what haven't we talked about? What are some of the things that we haven't touched on yet today that you uh, want, want the listeners or viewers to know? Uh, we'll start with you, Twiggy, uh, and, uh, and then we'll uh, go through and Karen and Neawa, and uh, we're going to then, uh, uh, you know, end this podcast. So, Twiggy, what haven't we talked about yet? So um, I, I believe for me um, that um, you mentioned transportation, but it was just um, briefly. I believe that um, transportation, we, I was on the campaign um, when a mile is too far, um, that um, we worked with some students that may, were from Nottingham, Corcoran, all over the district. Um, and some of the things that students encountered um, when they got to downtown, um, to the bus hub, um, so we always have to make sure that we have a strategic plan in place for our children to be able to travel safely to and from school and to extracurricular activities. I believe that these two women said it best that sometimes students don't have the transportation that is needed to get to some of the activities that are provided. So we need to make sure that we have the ability for all of our kids to take advantage of any programs and activities the district has and not let transportation be a barrier. So if we could see more emphasis around transportation, um, safe travel and extracurricular transportation, um, I believe that we could actually start to do some things differently because we could probably build up participation in some of these after school activities and some sports and other things if we knew and parents knew that their child had a safe way to and from. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's going to be such, you know, I, I, I ironically, I bought my house to be a block away from H.W. Smith, where I graduated from as a kid and now my son goes to. And for the last year and a half, he hasn't been going <laughs> because he's been staying home. So, uh, you know, but I haven't had that problem of uh, transportation, but I was a busing student when I was young in the city schools. And it is, it is something that adds hours onto your day and uh, makes it difficult to participate in after school programs. So you're right, that's a huge challenge. Uh, Karen, what haven't we talked about? Uh, so I really kind of want to build on some of the stuff that has already been said. Uh, when Twiggy pointed out that we've all kind of had some overlap here. One of the things that really excites me is I think that there are um, really specific strengths with each of us that working together, we can accomplish a lot for the good of the students. Um, and I'm really excited about that. Um, you know, I absolutely have to echo Twiggy on 81. Um, I think that it's appalling that the DOT the preliminary environmental impact study said that Dr. King would have, there would be no environmental impact during the construction process. Um, that's, it's so ridiculous. Um, I can't even wrap my brain around it. Um, but I think that um, something that 
we haven't specifically talked about is um, I know that there is a lot of talk about catching the kids up um academically um about doing wraparound so they're learning what they're supposed to be learning this year and last year training the teachers on that that's all well and good if you have a room full of kids that are ready to learn if we don't have kids ready to learn nothing we do academically is going to matter that needs to be the number one priority to make sure that the kids are coming into the classroom in in a place where they are ready to absorb information sorry my, my, my mic was on mute a year and a half of doing zooms and i still forget to take my uh mic off mute every now and then but uh yeah no i mean it, and especially since many of our students inside the city school districts are already far behind and losing the last year and a half um, is is going to be uh, a generational effect that uh, that we're going to be dealing with for many many years. Neatma, uh, what haven't we talked about? You get the final word on this. Uh, <laughs> what, what what haven't we talked about that you want to make sure is out there? So one of the reasons, well, um, when I knew that I had to run for school board and I had to leave the position I was in, um, we were dealing with kids at Lincoln Middle School who needed, you know, extra help outside of the actual education, but, you know, with services, it's important to connect our kids with the services that's needed. But a lot of people that are working in our counseling positions and our social work positions aren't familiar with our, the programs in our community. I think it's huge, um, you know, to bring that in, they need to get more acquainted with our local community services. Um, for example, we have street addiction, we have snug, you know, we have a lot of services that our kids can benefit from. Um, a lot of our kids mimic what they see every day and think that's who they want to be. So we have those programs to tell them like, you know, I've been there. Um, let me tell you about it. Let me help you. This is not what you wanna do. Um, I personally have four students right now that's incarcerated with murder charges. And that really tugs at my heart because I saw them every day going down the wrong path. And even when I tried to give the, get those services out to them, I was stopped or it didn't go through. So now here we are and I have four kids and it could have been prevented. So I knew that that position for, wasn't for me. Um, so it's important for me to get that information to our families um, and to our kids so that they can, again, you know, be productive and um, just go down a better path. That's literally what I want to implement. Um, and we gotta ask our families. We need, so one of the things with the district um, that I used to get like a little upset about is we were so worried about, and I understand it's a serious problem with the kids that weren't there to the point where the kids that were there that needed the help, they weren't getting the help. It was just okay because they came to school every day. Not that they were in class every day, but they was just roaming around, but it was okay because they were there, but they needed help. And they were like, looked past. Um, so I feel like we're gonna have to hire more counselors or put, bring in a, another service to service those kids. 
Um, and it's important for us to, you know, know about all these um, community service advocates that we have in our city for our kids to um, help our families. And that's all. Um, coming out of COVID, Dustin, I think she's exactly right. Um, social emotional supports have to be number one, along with some of the mental health stuff that we do. Um, and also the joint school board construction, the board has to have more of a hand in seeing how these um, contracts are being awarded, what's on schedule, what's not, how to get um, my MWBEs, minority contractors at the table, um, and get more graduates from the school district on these jobs um, to be able to do these and renovate these schools. Uh, that is uh, some incredible uh, information that y'all uh, just gave us. I'm so happy for you to be the Democratic nominees that are going to represent us in the fall election. And, uh, you know, I, I can't wait to see the work that you do on the school board as a, as a parent of a city school district uh, child and somebody who had, has, has had the opportunity to move outside of the city, but have chosen to make the city of Syracuse my home and my child's, uh, you know, educational home. Uh, I, I'm, I'm happy to have you as our representatives, and I, I can't wait to see what you do in the fall. Um, I'll uh, link your Facebook pages in our uh, uh, in, in our show notes, and I hope uh, all of the viewers will go and follow you. And I'm sure there'll be many. This is the beginning of the conversations for the general election, so I'm sure you'll have many opportunities uh, to get your message out there in the fall. So thank you again very much for coming on. Thank, Thank you. you for having me. Thank you. And next week uh, on Zoom with Zarni, I'm going to be um, bringing on, uh, we're going to start doing Zoom with Zarni twice a week on Thursdays and Sundays, as we have a lot of candidates uh, to get through before the fall election. Next week, I'll have uh, Jen Schultz, who is the first district counselor who won her primary uh, for first district common council uh, in a quest to flip a uh, Republican seat Democratic. Uh, she'll be coming on as well as Tammy Sayre, who's a Marcellus uh, town board member running for re-election. Two different races, but also kind of the same as they are small district races uh, that, are, uh, you know, that are, are serving on their town and city boards. Uh, remember that the uh, Delta variant is out there. So please, if you can, get the vaccine. It is free, it is available. Uh, you need a ride, call me, I'll take you to the place. But we need more people vaccinated so we can uh, have a more normal uh, fall and uh, campaign season, but it'll, it just in general. So please go out and get vaccinated. And uh, if you have some time to lend some hours to help out a Democratic candidate, local elections matter and uh, this fall, uh, you're going to have more candidates on the ballot than in a presidential year than in any other year. And they're all going to affect your life in a uh, way that is more tan tangential to your everyday life. So please get involved, help them out, and make sure you remember to go out and vote. Thank you very much and enjoy the rest of your day. Bye-bye.